Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. Hey, hi there, and hello to the fappers, fuckers, and fabulous free lovers. This is Billy Presida, and you are listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Hope everyone's had a great week. How am I doing? I am sore. I am tired. My body is shot. Why is that? <laughs> Why do my feet and back hurt? Because I, uh, I, I just had to go out and dance, guys. Just had to dance. <laughs> Last, uh, I, over the weekend, I had What the Float. Last night, I did What the Float. Last night for me is um, Saturday night. For you, it's whatever the night before the day you're listening to this. But for me, it was Saturday night. I did, uh, we did another What the Float, a, a silent floating dance party, and fucking awesome. Ugh, so much fun. Even had, uh, even had some, some fans of the show out. We had some, some fellow whores came out. We had Madeline Lewis, if you remember from episode eight of, of this show. She came out and, and came out and got dancey, brought the boyfriend, the adorable boyfriend who hides cute things around the apartment for her to find. Got to meet him. That was cool. Super fun time. Uh, if you don't know, a float is a silent party where we all have the same half-hour dance mixes loaded up. And we do each like half-hour mix at the same time. It's this big countdown. And we listen on our headphones. But the, you know, the party floats from place to place. We follow our float leader and basically dance around the streets in New York City. It's really fucking fun. Uh, if you guys want to come out, I highly recommend it. There's one more float next month uh, before the end of float season, I guess you'd call it, uh, before it gets really fucking cold out here and, and we break until the spring. If you're interested, go to their Facebook page, uh, What The Float, or you can see them on Twitter, at What The Float, or you can check out their website, guess what it is, guess what it is, www.whatthefloat.at. I know that one's a little weird, threw you off, but it's, pro- it's fucking fabulous times out there. Highly recommend coming out. Uh, while you're on Twitter following them, you should obviously be following me on Twitter at the Billy Presida. If you're not, go correct that. If you don't, if your excuse that you don't have Twitter, there's a whole different co- alarming conversation that I think we'd have to have. Other than being sore and tired, I'm in a pretty good mood, pretty good space. Just scary because that's that can't last long. That's that means there's something bad's around the corner. But for now, we <laughs> enjoying enjoying good times, even if the Jets did lose. Uh, shows, guys, shows tonight. Um, as opposed to before. Now tonight, I mean tonight for you listening now. If you're listening when this came out on Wednesday, October second, I'm performing in Boston. At the Improv Boston on the Naked Comedy Showcase at 9.30. Yes, that does mean naked. There is only one definition of naked. There is not naked and then naked naked. It's just all nude. Me telling some jokes with my dick out. If you're interested, 9.30. Tickets are just $10. You can buy them at the door. Or I recommend buying online at uh, improvboston.com. That should be a fun show. If you prefer your comedy um, with clothing understandable 
can uh, see me next week in Boston also uh, on Thursday, October 9th at the Comedy Studio. Great club, great place. I'm on the 8 o'clock show. Tickets are also just $10. You can buy those, again, at the door or online if, if, in case it sells out at thecomedystudio.com. Thursday's a hot night. I recommend you buy your tickets in advance. I'm just saying. So those should be some fun shows. Uh, I, hope, I hope to see some whores out there. Uh, I, I appreciate having people show up at the pit, at the float. Now I want to see you in Boston. That I do. You know, to anyone who's new to the show, the Man Whore Podcast, A Sex Positive Quest for Love, is a show where I sit down uh, each week with my exes and former lovers to talk about dating, sex, sexuality, relationships, love. But this week, we've got a special guest, very special guest. I'm very excited to uh, have on the show. It's a fella, and no, I did not fuck him. I... Uh, Leon Feingold is the co-founder of Open Love NY, which is a polyamorous group in New York, in the greater New York area. They put on uh, poly events. They do poly awareness education. Really big stuff. Great conversation. Uh, I've known him through some people. I've really wanted to have him on the show to talk about polyamory and how he wants to really help bring poly into the mainstream as as something that's real in the normal quote-unquote, regular people do. That's a viable relationship model. Because as you know, polyamory, uh, non-monogamy, alternative relationship models, common themes that come up here on the show. So I thought I'd have a a guy who knows plenty about poly to come talk to us. You guys are really in for a treat. I'm really excited to... I'm going to shut my face. Shutting my face. We're just going to go straight ahead. We're going to go listen to Leon. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's really challenging dating somebody who is, uh, as Reed Mahalko puts it, uh, it's a lot easier if you date your own species. Right. So if you're, you know, if you're gay, don't try to date a straight person. And he suggests that if you're poly, you shouldn't try to date a mono person, just because that, besides the obvious inherent incompatibility, um, the idea is that you may love each other, you may care about each other, 
But if you don't want the same things long term, a relationship's just not going to work out. Mm-hmm. So, um, however, Fukumi had never heard about, I mean, she's relatively inexperienced with dating. And she had never heard about polyamory before I explained it to her. But I was very clear from the very beginning and explained it. I answered all of her questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just started being casual in the beginning. Uh, she was just getting out of a relationship and she was really happy for the affection and the companionship. Uh, and as time went on, I realized that she was a lot of the things that I looked for. She was very smart. She was fun. She could teach me Japanese. I mean, that's not really on my list of things that I normally look for, but, you know, I like to learn. Yeah. And um, most importantly, as far as this is concerned, she was totally comfortable with the idea and the reality of me seeing other girls. Mm. She's like, well, listen, as long as you treat me better and I know it, uh, I think the same way that you do. I think sex can just be a casual, fun thing that you have with other people. And I have no problem with it, she said. And sure enough, she hasn't had a problem with it, which is why over a year later, we're still dating. Right, right. And, uh, <clears throat> and but so she doesn't sleep with other people or date or... She's entitled to. Um, in fact, in some ways, I would think that would obviously make things easier. I don't like the idea of, of a double standard and I don't believe in you know gender roles with very few exceptions. Um, but I think that uh, if she met somebody to whom she was attracted physically or even emotionally or romantically, whatever, mm-hmm. I wouldn't really have a problem with it. Um, I would just want her to take care of herself, not get taken advantage of, and I'd want to make sure that the guy would respect our primary relationship. Mm-hmm. Right, right, cool. Yeah. Uh, I should probably do, int- I, I never get the intro in first, but um, we're sitting here with Leon Feingold. Uh, is, I'm saying that correct? You are, in fact. All right, yeah. yeah. Here with Leon Feingold, he's the co-president of uh, Open Love NY, which is a uh, polyamory group here in community, here in New York, uh, New York City, the greater New York area, I'd say. Um, uh, they, they run a monthly meetup called Poly Cocktails, which is how I, I first heard of Leon here through a, a mutual friend of ours and uh, wanted to have him come on the show and talk about polyamory and love and all sorts of fun things. Uh, and here I am. Yeah. Amazing how that works. Sitting in a tie fresh off a of Burning Man. <laughs> well, I didn't bring the tie from Burning Man. I'm actually fresh off a real estate client. But yeah, Burning Man was last month and it was pretty phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, uh, it, but already off to an interesting start, you know, uh, with the whole, with the whole monopoly dynamic uh normally we have to get 30 minutes into anything interesting so right off the bat maybe that's why no girls want to date you (laughs) well you know here's one of the things i've been you know you bring up the whole dating within your own species quote unquote it's like so as i've been attending more things with other types of people um things like going to hacienda and my my circles run with interesting people from Jefferson to Sarah to um, and lots of other folks in between. So the question is like, you know, as someone who I identify as polyamorous, like, should I be trying to jump into a more poly scene to to be dating or can I really um, expect to date within like the quote normal scene? Uh, because I'm I'm one who I believe that like. I need, at least for now, because I haven't had a relationship in such a long time, that I know I'm going to need whatever my next relationship is. I need to have a period of monogamy to build that trust because um, so many of these alternative relationships are so heavily based on trust. I know I'm going to need some time to develop that. And you know, I don't know if I can expect that of someone who is poly or if I can uh, expect a transition out of that when, if I date someone who identifies as monogamous. So I, I think y'all's uh, dynamic is very interesting. 
No, thanks, I guess. Come from that place. Um, well, a couple things. One, uh, trust should be a part of every relationship. Of in course. fact, anytime um, you use the word love in a sentence, uh, some people have suggested you could substitute the word trust. Uh, and if you can't say it, then neither of them should work. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't matter if you're mono or poly or whatever. It doesn't matter how many people you love. You should be able to have uh, an underlying trust connection. Mm. Uh, also, as far as whether you should date within the poly community or outside... Uh, the poly community in New York is relatively large. We've got thousands and thousands of people that have attended Open Love and Y events over the last six years. Uh, we literally have, between our Facebook page and our uh, mailing list, whatever, we have over 5,000 people, which mm. is a lot, except when you realize that Manhattan has 8 million people, uh, or New York City does, and it's it's kind of a uh, drop in the bucket, all told. So uh, the short answer is, if you can find somebody who's poly already, uh, chances are you're going to have a lot more things in common uh, in terms of long-term values for a relationship than if you date somebody out of the, the 8 million pool. Right. Um, that said, I mean, think about it. If you happen to know, uh, just pulling an example out of the air, um, I wasn't going to say the air there, uh, pulling an example out of the air, uh, if you happen to have a foot fetish mm-hmm. and you know that it's really important to you that the person you date um, have a thing for shoes, for, for feet as well, uh, if you go to a foot fetish website or a foot fetish meetup, it's very likely you'll find people that share that criteria. Um, but then again, there may only be a hundred or a thousand people at the most that uh, would would be that straightforward. Um, if you could find somebody there that would be compatible, then great. But if you really are open to meeting all sorts of people, there may be people in the general population that also have foot fetishes, just don't know about it or would be open to exploring it with you if you guys get along. And that's sort of the problem every poly person has. Uh, Even if you are part of this huge community, which is amazing and incredibly supportive and so on, you're still going to meet 90% of the people that are not part of that community. Then the question is, do you bring them in? Do you educate them? And if you do and they genuinely like you but don't have that foot fetish or they aren't open to poly but they like you regardless, they may try it or they may Mm -hmm. tell you they're okay with it, which is why dating outside the poly world is really a challenge. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, and and my listeners, they've heard me talk about uh, polyamory from time to time, whether because the guest is poly or because it just comes up in my conversations. Why don't you, I will say the more veteran person, uh, tell us just what polyamory is. Just give us an introduction on that. It's funny because you know you put a lot of people in a room who know what polyamory is, who live polyamorously. You still may not get a consensus on what actually polyamory is. Yeah. I think at the it's basis kind of the idea. level. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's like, kind of like choose your own adventure as opposed to like the relationship Bible. Right. That's one of the ways I like looking at it. Um, but at its very basic, it's a style of relationship where you do not assume monogamy, where the only rules as far as who you can see, how many people you can see, whatever, are agreements made between the people involved. Mm-hmm. At the most basic level, all it is is just the people in the relationship define the boundaries of the relationship. Um, it differs from traditional relationships in that in every traditional relationship, you assume the goal is monogamy. Mm-hmm. And here, monogamy is an option, but so is non-monogamy. Uh, I think one of the key things about polyamory is that you have to be open and honest and communicative uh, with each other. If you, as long as you have that, and you can set up any rules or agreements you like. Right, okay, okay. And then uh, and then, Open Love NY is, is this group that you are, uh, were you a co-founder, or how did you get involved with with that, uh, there were several um, polyamory volunteers uh, back in the day uh, before we founded Open Love and Why. I think that was probably about 
six years ago. Oh man, we're talking like pre Instagram. That's this is this is like pre Tumblr. That's this crazy. is going way back. Oh man. Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. So I was using my beeper and <laughs> um, there were a bunch of us that were sort of activists and we wanted to create the idea of a group where everybody would feel welcome and they weren't going to be, hey, this is only for LGBT or this is only for men or this is only mm-hmm. for swingers or this is only, this is basically an all-inclusive group of sex-positive people who want to provide resources for people outside who want to learn more about polyamory um, a place to meet up and have really interesting speakers, people who have, um, you know, who just want to get together and have a hangout without any drama. Um, so that is why Open Love and Wine now has at least two events every month. We have a speakers meeting on the fourth Tuesday, and we have Poly Cocktails, which you mentioned, uh, at a bar uh, the second Monday. Neither of those are play spaces. Neither of those have anything to do with sex. It's just a place to either learn about poly or to meet other people who have an interest in poly and they're both they've both been going on for years okay what's the uh what's that discussion one the on the fourth tuesdays fourth tuesday we usually meet at uh, 311 west 43rd mm-hmm. um it's just a we have different authors experts psychologists people who have poly backgrounds coming in we've had christopher ryan author mm-hmm. of sex at dawn great book uh, guys. mike uh, sarah uh, michael rios uh michael taub and sarah rios uh we, we've just, i mean so many people that are like so well-known, uh, Dr. Jana Vrangalova has been getting a lot of mm-hmm. press lately. Which you guys may remember from episode 10 of the Man Horror Podcast. You're welcome for yeah. dropping that. <laughs> um, yeah, just a lot of people who are sort of big names. Diana Adams led one. Uh, we have a tentative arrangement with Betty Dodson to come in and Carlin Ross. She is like legendary in the self-love, sex-positive sphere, particularly for women. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just It's a very cool thing that we do. Uh, we just basically have like a two-hour meeting where somebody will come in and talk about the topic of the day. Uh, and they'll have Q&As. Then we'll all go out for, you know, late-night snacks at a local diner. <laughs> okay. That's very cool. Yeah, a place where people can kind of go and educate themselves and, and educate others about um, alternative relationships and lifestyles and things of that nature. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then Polly Cocktails, which I have a funny, you know, the first time... Uh, I've Jefferson, who's also been on the show. Uh, that's two plugs already in one. I'm spent. Uh, Jefferson, <clears throat> he runs a sex storytelling open mic at the Delancey, which is where Polly Cocktails is, and he runs it on on like every other Monday. And one of those Mondays is Polly Cocktails Monday. So I'm at the open mic with a buddy of mine, Nick, and we're downstairs at the Delancey, waiting for the mic to start. And Jefferson says like, "Oh, and everyone, Polly Cocktails upstairs. Go up if you want to check it out." And Nick, you know, he's he's a he's one of my good friends, but he's younger than me. He's he's a senior in college, so he's um he doesn't know about all the other things out there. <laughs> uh the Halcyon days of youth. Yeah. So he so he's like he's like tugging on my shirt like a four year old. He's like, Billy, come come with me upstairs to the poly cocktails thing. I was like, Why? You can like go yourself. I don't need to go right now. And he's like, No, come with me. I was like, just go. So he goes upstairs to poly cocktails by himself. Five, ten minutes later, he comes back downstairs, kinda like sits down next to me looking kind of like almost disappointed on his face. And I'm just like, what? So how was it? And he's like, I don't know. It was just like a, just like a bunch of people like talking at a bar. <laughs> I was like, dude, they're not going to, they're not, they're not like fucking at the bar. There's just people. T- that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. It's designed to be a safe non-play space. We actually, it's funny because when we first started this, there were a lot of people who are in the play space who are 
the kind of people that would go and like have sex in a stairwell. Yeah. Uh, and when we started noticing people were having sex in the stairwell, <laughs> we started saying, maybe we should have some kind of like rules, <laughs> rules. or re- regulations about like what happens at this bar. Because uh-huh. not only is it a public space, um, but it's also the wrong idea. We want people to come and be able to ask questions and uh, feel comfortable. And they might not do that if there's a lot of people being, you know... Because once something becomes a, a play space or a sexual space, mm-hmm. then you run into problems about people being inappropriate or touching or I didn't want to be hugged and this guy mm-hmm. I didn't know came over and hugged me. Um, there are a, a few very important rules that go on at most of Open Love and Y events, including you know, being respectful of private space. Always ask for and receive verbal consent before doing anything physical. Um, you, know, no, you can make out, you can have sex, but like no, you know, nothing that wouldn't go on otherwise. Right. Um, so, I mean, those are some of the rules we've had in place, and they've worked pretty well. So, sorry to disappoint Nick, really. <laughs> yeah, I think he was expecting something like that. Although, when I did go, when I did go, like, officially to Poly Cocktails with, uh, with, my, with our friend Sarah, um, and she's introducing me to people, and she's running around, and there's a lot of, like, people introducing each other, themselves to each other, and lots of, like, they shake their hands, and they look at each other, wait a second. Oh, wait, no, I do know you. I just didn't recognize you were clothes on. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. hi. <laughs> There's a huge overlap between the swing community, the the sex positive community, and the poly community. Because technically, um, polyamory has nothing to do with sex. It just has yeah. to do with relationship style. It's about the and, love. Yeah, and even though a huge number of poly people are swingers or, or do fall into that category, there's a very strong... I'm not quite sure why that is, but there's a very strong feeling with most poly people that, listen, I'm not a swinger. Don't call me a swinger. I'm polyamorous. Mm -hmm. And it's important that you understand that there's a difference between the two. Huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just in case somebody out there doesn't know, Mm -hmm. um, swinging is where you have one romantic partner uh, and you generally go to an event. Uh, It could be a private date, but often it's a party. And you go and you engage physically with your partner and other people or just with other people. You could split up. You can come back, whatever. It's sort of like the eyes wide shut um, concept. (laughs) And you just go and you have fun. And then you come back and you resume your life with your partner. Mm -hmm. That's more typical swinging. And that's been going on forever. I mean, key parties in the the 70s and 60s and, you know, free love parties in the 70s and 80s. It's just um, poly... Uh, I think a lot of people just don't want to get lumped in, even though 80% of the people that I know who are poly do go Dude, to events like that yeah. because, you know, being sex positive is a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> and if you Agreed. have agreements to engage in relationships with other people, it's fun to do it among your community. And it's great. And there's always new people and there's always fun things to do. But at its basic, uh, polyamory is the ability to have whatever kind of relationship makes sense as long as everyone knows and everyone consents. Yeah. And that really, by definition, has nothing to do with sex. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the word itself means many love. and But, you know, if you want to share that many love in a sexual manner, I mean, that's, in my opinion, a lot more fun sometimes. But, you know, um, lots of cuddles, I find. Yeah, it's uh, beautiful, actually. Yeah. I love... See, the reason I'm poly is because I did the serial monogamy thing as long as I could. And I, I was wondering if, like, why... Even though, I, and to be honest, I've been very lucky. I've dated some amazing, brilliant, beautiful, sexy women. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was wondering, why am I not happy? Why am I do not feel fulfilled in this relationship? Why am I still looking at other people? And when I am traveling and I meet somebody new that I could hook up with for a weekend, why am I not allowed to? It doesn't mean that I'm going to care for my girlfriend at home any less. It doesn't mean that it doesn't take anything away. It just doesn't make sense to me. And this was like back in college. This was, you know, back in the Bieber era. So, I mean, AOL had just come out, so I'll tell you how long ago that was. Yeah. So, I mean, the point is, I've been thinking about this for quite some time, and it wasn't until I learned about polyamory, you know, 
less than 10 years ago that I realized, oh my God, this makes sense to me. Because serial monogamy is what everyone is taught, but it doesn't make sense. When you sit down, you're like, well, why do I have to? I have these needs, I have these desires, I have these wishes. Why do I have to pretend they don't exist or just cut them off in order to be, quote unquote, happy with somebody? It just didn't make sense to me. Yeah, anytime someone's just like, oh, like, I don't know, like... (laughs) I, I'm on Reddit a lot, and anytime I see like a, a, someone on Reddit, a man or a woman, post to like our sex or our relationships, and then they go like, "I don't know, I think my husband may find other women attractive." It's like, yeah, probably does. That's how that's how we work usually. That's we're gonna find people attractive, but like he loves you. It's- but it's amazing how people don't understand if you don't have conversations and. Ninety percent of muggles don't. I mean, people outside. Did you say of, muggles? I did. I love fact, it. Say muggles. <laughs> um, it's funny because I, I used to say, "Well, vanilla people," and but there's so many people in the kink world, and there's so many people in the poly <coughs> world that resent the word vanilla. Uh, personally, I think vanilla is an awesome flavor. I yeah. love vanilla, but I mean vanilla bean. I mean, no one's uh, French vanilla is kind of plain for me. But hey, yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, maybe you're not into Frenching. I don't know. <laughs> But either way, the, the concept of somebody who's not into the poly world, not into the play scenes, whatever, most people who just grow up and live their lives, all they do is they just meet somebody that they're attracted to, and if they haven't broken up after a certain amount of time, there's pressure to get engaged, so they do. And then after a while of being engaged, they get married, and after a while of being married, they have kids. And it's just not necessarily what they want to do, it's just what's expected of them, or maybe they've been trained that way from their peers, from media, from their parents, from their clergy that this is what you're supposed to do in order to be an upstanding member of society. Yeah. But not everybody inherently wants that. And it's not that that is bad. It's not that that's not like a valid option. it's fantastic if you choose it. Exactly. You just need to know that there are alternatives. Right. And that's my goal. As a poly activist, Mm -hmm. for lack of a better phrase, um, I don't want everyone in the world to be poly. I want everyone to to know that poly exists and, and is a totally viable and awesome option if you want it. The yeah. problem is most people don't know about it. And I guess uh, I guess if you didn't know about it now, whoever's listening, now you do. Now you do. That's what we're doing here. Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's also, it can also be a scary thing, I can imagine. I mean, I remember when I, lear- when I first learned about it, I was, uh, I, was, I was tutoring and I was on break at some high school here. It was my freshman year of college. I was in a, mono- a newly monogamous relationship with, uh, with my only girlfriend that I've had. Um, and I'm reading the paper and I think it was either New York magazine or the daily news had a very short article of, had something to do with polyamory. And this is 2007. This was which magazine? This was either in New York magazine or the daily news. And this is like my freshman year of college. This is a while back. And, and I remember there being this article. Never known about this. Mm-hmm. Never knew there was anything other than monogamy and cheating. That's all I thought that there was. And I just, it really clicked with me. I instantly was like, that makes way more sense to me. Like, that's what this feels like. Cause, and, and the easiest way I was able to explain to people who I had tried to date since then, um, and it wasn't me saying, hey, by the way, this is how things have to be. This is just being whenever the topic of love came up. Like, I don't know, sometimes, you know, you start going, hey, have you ever been in love? And then again, this whole thing. I say, well, you know, I, you believe in love, right? And they're like, yeah. So I was like, do you believe you can be in love with more than one person over the course of your life? And, and a lot of the times they'll say yes. So then I say, well, I just believe that sometimes those, those times can also overlap each other. And that's just the best way I was able to um, 
convey how I felt my love works because I had a really shitty tank analogy, but I get make, <laughs> made fun of it for a lot, so I've stopped using it. Where I said like, oh, like it don't have to take. If I have a bunch of tanks behind me for some reason, because I'm a guy with tanks, sure. I don't have to take the love for Jennifer in this tank. And oh, I thought you were talking about like Tiananmen Square tanks. Oh, no, not those tanks. That sounds way too violent. Uh, this is it's about the love, man. No violence. It's the love. <laughs> okay, so I get it. So I guess like little... I don't have to take out from Jennifer to fill for Catherine. Right. It's not, a, it's not a, like a, sum, a net a zero sum, sum game. game. Yeah. Right. You can have feelings for one person and have complimentary feelings for somebody else. It's, this, it's the same. The funny thing is we actually love many people in our lives. Yeah. We love our family. We love our friends. We love our pets. We love our, you know, favorite meal we and we we say that we love x all the time we just don't fuck all of them well speak for yourself no nope. <laughs> uh, but the idea is that when you have love in a sexual sense you're expected to only do it one at a time now new york is very liberal in where if you're new york single there's even a phrase new york single which means basically you're doing whatever you want hooking up with whoever you want but you just don't tell anyone about anyone else it's just you have to assume if you're dating, that anyone you meet and go on dates with, even if you start hooking up until you have the conversation, is still seeing other people. Yeah. That doesn't really happen outside. But because it happens in New York, I think more people are becoming comfortable with the idea that you can have multiple relationships that, that mean something. Mm-hmm. There's still the mindset that you have to, okay, when you get to the romantic point with somebody, you have to, okay, now you have to stop everything else just because that's what we've been told. But on the contrary, I, the, the, instead of the tank analogy, what I say is, well, you do have love for many people. It's just, you know, we're, we're taught that in a romantic relationship, mm-hmm. we have to only have it for one. But that, that doesn't really make sense. And even mm-hmm. in a romantic context, you don't have it. Because think about it. If you've been dating someone for a long time, think of an ex that you've been dating. And then you broke up for whatever reason. You still love the person. Sure. You may not be a good match. You may not be compatible. It may not be worthwhile to date them. But you still love them. Mm-hmm. And then if you're dating somebody new... You can be in love with the new person, but you still have love for the old person. How is that even possible? Obviously, you could just love different people in different ways. Just because you love someone doesn't mean you should be dating them. But if you do love more than one person and everyone is comfortable with you dating each other, why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. What's, um, you know, what, do you, what do you consider cheating within uh, polyamory? Anytime you have an agreement and you break it. So, so I could, example... Um, if I'm dating a girl in a polyamorous relationship and the rule is uh, that we've agreed upon that you have to tell me before you engage in sex with someone else and one of us goes on a date and things get carried away and we don't text, we don't message, whatever, and we come back the next day and be like, oh, um, listen, I, I have to be honest, we, uh, we went out and things went further than I thought we actually wound up having sex. I mean, that in a poly, in a regular relationship, that's like the end of the relationship and a huge right. fight. Uh, in a poly relationship, they'd be like, all right, well, at least for me, I'd be like, well, I wouldn't actually have that agreement. But if somebody did, they'd be like, okay, well, I can understand that. And then it's up to them to work it out. Maybe we can work out something where you have to tell me as soon as possible after, mm-hmm. which is actually what I have the agreement that I have with my girlfriend. She'd like to know everything beforehand ahead of time. So if I'm going on a date with somebody, I'll tell her, hey, I'm going on a date with so-and-so. It may wind up, you know, we may wind up having sex. We might not. Uh, but I'll tell her ahead of time. And if I don't have time, uh, if it isn't somebody that I'm planning on sleeping with, but things happen, or if I meet somebody new and we just don't get the chance to talk, uh, I will tell her at the earliest opportunity. Mm-hmm. But it could also be something as complicated as, okay, uh, you know, you are allowed to, you know, the, the Knicks are, are, are uh, playing the Rockets, so the Rockets are staying at the hotel next door. Uh, you're allowed to have sex with everyone except the center. 
I mean, I can I can arrange any agreement that I want with my partner, and if she goes and like nails all the shooting guards, that's totally cool. But if she has sex with the center, she's broken that arrangement. It's, it's you can literally choose any arrangement you want, and if you break it, then you're cheating. <laughs> oh, the poor center. What's he got to do? Does he just have to like stay in the corner and jerk off? Poor guy, man. He's, he's you like, know, if he runs that... the camera, that might be okay. I, I don't know. I mean, the point is, you can. She well, does, there he, might be a reason. She, she might have to text you and say, "Is it okay if he runs the camera?" Because he feels left yeah. out. Yeah, and, and uh, really important. I feel like you're the nice guy. You'd be like, he can run the camera. Yeah, I would be. I, I wouldn't make that rule. I'd be like, <laughs> my the way I look at poly relationships is, if there's something that would make the person I love happy, and not threaten our underlying relationship i would want my partner to do it and if that means going to an opera that i don't like and don't want to go and she wants to bring one of her friends that's fine Mm -hmm. if she wants to have sex with somebody who will practice safe sex and respect my relationship then if that would make her happy then i would support that Mm -hmm. sex is sort of a red herring we blame it we for for so many society's ills and and we don't talk about it but if you just treat it as something that people can do and not attach any automatic more meaning to it, all of a sudden it just becomes a thing that you could do that you don't have to do. It doesn't have any meaning in and of itself. It's just sex. And it could be just as easy as, I'm going out and playing tennis with somebody. Okay, good, have a good time. Yeah. It could be, hey, I'm going to go out and have sex with somebody. Okay, have a good time. Yeah. It doesn't need to be any more complicated than that. Obviously, in a relationship, sex can bring people closer together. Mm-hmm. Uh, with some people that have you know, more emotional needs or ties or, or issues. Uh, it could be much more significant than that. All I'm saying is that it doesn't have to be. Yeah, it can be a super emotional thing. And, you know, tennis could be a really emotional thing, but it's not an all the time emotional thing. See, you can't play tennis without love, but you can have sex without love. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I'll be here all night. Thanks. Try the veal. Now, um, what would you say to... to the the critics who would say that that type of that point of view kind of kills the romanticism of sex and dating and relationships and can we have some things to hold sacred and special i think that's up to the people in the relationship mm-hmm. i mean it you can be you know having sex with everyone but it may be sacred and special to spend saturday night together yeah. or to have sex in the bed you have at home that you share i mean some people have those kind of agreements like mm-hmm. uh julie roberts and pretty woman she for whatever reason, had an agreement with herself that she would never kiss on the lips. She'd do mm-hmm. every dirty thing her clients wanted to do, but her agreement with herself was like, okay, no kissing on the lips because that is the special sacred thing. Mm-hmm. Sex doesn't have to be. It just usually is assumed to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and for example, like I have a, <clears throat> I have a friend who, and, and there's also big crowbar separation between um, polyamory and just open relationships, um, which is something I think people should also be able to recognize the difference between. Well, you can have, you can be poly with an open relationship. You sure. can have, be open relationship with, with being poly, but you could also not be poly or you could, right. you know, they're, they're big, Venn, big overlapping Venn diagrams, yeah. but one's not fully inside the other. Exactly. So, so I have one friend, they're not polyamorous, but they, are, they do have an open relationship and they do have agreements. And one of their rules uh, would be not canceling plans just to go have sex with somebody else. Yeah, that's a big see one. Someone else like that is their special thing. Where it's like, well, I we made plans for Saturday night. We're not going to cancel those plans. Now I may cancel plans on a fuck friend to be with you, my lover and my boyfriend and the person I'm committed to. Um, but they they won't break that rule. And that's you know again, it's a relationship can be whatever you want it to be. You don't have to be poly to have an alternative 
relationship. It's it's whatever two or three or four or seven people want a relationship mm-hmm. to be. Um, See, to me, that's the that's the essence of poly. Just choosing the arrangements that make sense for you. And I would say that if they are being honest and open with everybody, and there's no cheating, there's no don't ask, don't tell. And that's another issue, whether don't ask, don't tell qualifies as poly. I personally don't recommend it, but I know several people that define as poly and they have that as a rule. Mm-hmm. So that's a that's a peculiar thing. Because if one of the hallmarks is poly, of poly is open and honest communication, yeah. and if my partner's like, I want to be in a situation where I don't want to know about your partners. Just, just you know, do it on your own time. Don't tell me about it. I personally don't think that would work for me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, if I'm going to have a romantic relationship with a girlfriend, with somebody that I want to build a future and possibly a family with, I want to be able to share everything exactly. with that person. I want to be able to tell her, hey, this is what I did and this is why and this is how I felt and this person's really cool and uh, I, I feel... Like, I would be very uncomfortable if I had to wall off a large part of my life from someone I love. To me, the point of a relationship is to connect and to share and to grow together. And luckily, my girlfriend and I both have the same understanding that we want to share everything with each other, including all the information, regardless of whether she does something or I do something. I just want to know about it, and so does she. Yeah, I've, I've, I mean, I, th- I find it super cute and adorable when I see, when I observe, like, a, a poly people, like, when they're all together, and it's like, oh, this is my girlfriend, this is my girlfriend, and, oh, th- they're girlfriends, and just when they, everyone's meeting each other, I find that oddly sweet. And, it's mutual support, which doesn't yeah. happen in any other style of relationship. Um, it's just super, it's compersion. You know the word compersion? No, I'm not that. Okay. Compersion you, not is, Columbia. It doesn't matter. Compersion <laughs> was only been in the lexicon for maybe 15, 20 years. So okay. don't feel so bad. I'm writing that one yeah, down. Compersion. It's probably the best word in the English language. Uh, it's good it sums word. up. Um, actually, I'm assuming it would be in there. Actually, I play a lot of Scrabble. I've never looked up to see whether it's in the actual word list. The official Scrabble Players Dictionary? It might be. I don't know. But either way... I'm, I'll write a letter. It's <laughs> all right. Well, it's owned by Hasbro or Mattel or something. Okay. At any rate, um, compersion. Uh, at its most basic essence, it's happiness and the happiness of someone you love. Oh, that's cute. So I it's like, like that. It's also sometimes called troubles like or like the, that, that really happy feeling in the pit of your stomach. Like, and it doesn't even have to be sexual or poly. Yeah. If, you, you know, if you're a mom and your son comes home beaming with like this new project that he made in kindergarten, he's so excited and you share his excitement, that's compersion. I like that. That's and when really you're, you know, if, if your best friend comes home and like, just is like jumping up and down and showing off her new engagement ring and it's to a guy that you really like and she's so excited and you're so happy for her, you're feeling her excitement through you and it bubbles back and you just get this smile on your face and you can't get rid of it, that's compersion. So it's also sometimes called the anti-jealousy. Because jealousy happens either when there's fear of missing out or when you're afraid of losing a connection with somebody. Like your partner's out doing something and you're at home and you're just wondering what she's up to and if the guy she's having done things to is better or bigger or you know, can satisfy her, whatever. If you, if it's a, if it's competition in your mind, you're going to be jealous. But once you realize you're all on the same team and she is coming back to you and you know, when she comes back, she'll have a good story to tell. And no matter what she does, it's just an experience that she's doing Mm -hmm. that she's enjoying. And it doesn't ruin or weaken your relationship. All of a sudden you realize, wow, we're all on the same team. Team Jacob. Team Jacob, if you want it. 
um, you know, it's, the point is you're you're all working to make this person you love happy. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what it is that's doing it. Especially since it amazes me why sex has this, you know, fixation with society is this taboo, this this ridiculous thing that nobody can talk about because. It's like the old joke about prostitution. Why is it such a good career? Because you got it, you sell it, you still got it. Yeah. People who have sex outside of a relationship, whatever, as long as they're doing it safely and with people who are respectful of the existing situation, there's really no reason why not to. He feels good. She feels good. They feel good. Everyone feels good. She comes home feeling good. And yeah. yeah. And, and she shares it with you. It's, it's an amazing feeling to have that kind of compersion. And that also means that when I introduce my girlfriend to another person they can like each other they don't have to be enemies like in traditional relationships they don't have to go on jerry springer be like oh i saw him sleeping with her but he is mine and you know there's none of that there's mutual support and community and that's one of the reasons why this community has grown so far so fast because we can and do support each other in every way possible yeah uh you know you bring up compersion and that was uh, something i also wanted to bring up is i think polyamory has some of the some of the coolest like uh, keywords, vocab. You know, sure. You got you got the triads, the quads, the thruples, uh, <laughs> metamors, and all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. And uh, I forget who said it. Who told me it. polycule? Which I thought, oh, that is a great polycule. one. Oh, that's to, just like a molecule, like, with, like a, a group. This of person's people. connected to that person. These people connected to these five, and these or like like, the, like maybe like a group of like twelve people who all kind of just date within each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, like, could, you right. could describe it as a polyfidelitous group, but I think polycule sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, that's, I was like, I thought that was a cool. And one. you could look up any. It's like the six degrees of Kevin Bacon relationship style. Like you can draw anything out like a molecule. Like okay, this person's connected to this. This person's connected to this guy, but this guy's connected to all three of these. Yeah, I, I imagine that would like in a three D representation <laughs> look like a, a molecule. So that's actually really clever. I've never heard of polycule. Although my favorite vocab word uh, is when you have so many dates, you just don't have time to date anyone else even though you meet somebody you're really intrigued by mm-hmm. but you're like look i'm really sorry but i'm polysaturated <laughs> polysaturated new word enjoy it <laughs> i love it yeah that's a great one um can you it comes it comes in handy pretty often too because it, it describes exactly what you think it does i'm i'm i feel you all know i feel a little polysaturated at the moment myself so okay <laughs> um what um can you can you explain um, metamors? Sure. A metamor is basically your partner's partner. partner's partner. So if you're dating a girl and she's dating another person, that person and you have a relationship name. You are now metamors. Yeah. So it's just... Kind of uh, like Eskimo sisters. Or um, sure. A little bit. Eskimo kisses, Eskimo pies, Eskimo whatever. I don't know why the Eskimos always, always get thrown into that type of stuff, but that will Eskimo Probably because you brought it up. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I don't know the concept of Eskimo sisters. You've never heard Eskimo brothers? No. Like if you, like if you and I had slept with the same person, like we'd be Eskimo brothers. Really? Which I, I think it could potentially be likely we have. So I don't know. That's <laughs> quite possible. But either way, I've never actually heard that term. Oh, no. I, um, wow, that's, that's kind of cool. It's, it's, is that like the whole concept of like snowballing? No, no, snowballing. Way more graphic. That's uh, way different, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did see... Uh, clerks clerks yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm just wondering like eskimo brothers i'm i don't know it's don't just know. uh it, it's a very you, interesting concept you ever watch the league the league i don't the watch league a whole on lot of tv no. i don't watch a lot either but it's a it's a it's a group of dudes who are in fantasy football league together but there's one like the out there character taco and like there's a whole episode where he kind of he's he's like how do you guys get things done he's like well we have jobs and we make money we do things like oh, i just use my eskimo brothers network and like so he gets to a bar and he's just like 
or his beer and he does a tape for his wife. Oh, he's an Eskimo brother. <laughs> That's really funny. It, it's it's interesting that they that you know Muggle men would bond over such a thing. If anything, it's usually more considered more competitive. Uh, so long as the person right. isn't the current person yeah. apparently if you both have in the past tense slept with someone apparently that's cool but then like if one of you has slept with someone that the other one's currently dating then it's this big fucking deal yeah they, which <laughs> would never happen in a poly community because yeah. people will become partners unpartnered all the time and as long as you know nobody's done anything heinous to each other you're all still friends you're all still supportive of each other like i'm super supportive of pretty much all my exes mm. uh just whether they were they were ex-partners or ex-lovers or ex-girlfriends um, you know, if I like them enough to date them, chances are I'm going to like them after we decided we're no longer, you know, date material, but you know, I still care for them and want them to be happy. So if I, I've, I've set up many of my, I've created Eskimo brothers. I've set up <laughs> friends of mine be like, Hey, you would probably get along with this person. And we've actually had several like long-term relationships and a couple of marriages come out of stuff like that. Aww. I'm not, you know, I'm not the jealous possessive type. It yeah. just doesn't work for me. Yeah. That's cool. I apparently get uh, am, am supportive of enough of, of people from my past because they're all well. Most a lot have been willing to come on microphone and talk for an hour. Well, yeah, fame <laughs> is a weird thing. Some people think, uh, you know, some people do it and they regret it afterwards. Kind of like, you know, sex with penguins. Sex with penguins? You regret it? No, I'm saying if I, oh. some people might. I, I don't know. I have no idea where that came from. I think I'm, st- I'm still stuck on Eskimos. All right, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Um, you, uh, your day job, you are a real estate broker? I'm a real estate broker. I run Masonic Realty, and I have a couple agents that work for us, and we help people find places to live. One, uh, one place is uh, this, for lack of a better term, a poly house, mm-hmm. uh, which, so I go to, I went to, okay, so several months ago, I go to, I meet my my sisters, my dad, my grandfather for lunch uh, down in Midtown. And and I sit down and my dad instantly goes, Billy, you'd love this thing. Uh, I read in the paper, there's this uh, building where the qualification to live in the building is you have to be willing to have sex with each other. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, aware, of, I'm aware of the place. Uh, it's not exactly what it is, but... <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how uh, people, especially parents... Uh, tend to see polyamory like they they get part of the story but not the whole story. My mom is still not quite convinced that polyamory works. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like, I saw you in a in a TV special. You were all in a hot tub. Are you supposed to have sex with all of them? <laughs> I'm like, okay, mom, mom, no, no, no. Um, you know, so yeah, the I I am the broker for and the person who did a lot of interviews for the Poly House. Um, it is basically a brownstone that was. Purchased and got renovated uh, by a member of our community. Okay. He decided to ask me to, to lease it out, and I had the idea of making it all poly, either poly or poly-friendly. I'm also a lawyer, so I know that you can't really discriminate in saying, well, you can't use sexual orientation. You can say, right. you say oh, hey, only straight people or only gay people. Poly is probably not in that level of protected class, but at the mm-hmm. same time, we wanted to be cautious. So we you don't want someone to say, like, oh, he wouldn't let me... They wouldn't let me live there. Cause yeah, because I'm not poly or poly enough. Yeah. So we actually poly do enough. have people there who aren't poly. It's okay. basically the, the requirement is that you need to either be poly or poly-friendly and non-judgmental and supportive, understanding that there will be a lot of you know, non-monogamous people. People will have, may have other partners. They may have you know, guests stay over who won't be the guests who stayed over the night before. 
um, there will be a lot of sex positivity in the house and you need to be comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And we had an uh, interview process and uh, you know, people had to pay a broker fee and do a background check and all these things. Uh, and I was really curious to see how the reaction from the public would be. Public was bemused and curious, but we did get a lot of people. And within a month, which is a very short time to rent 15 apartments, within just over a month, we had rented all 15. What, uh, what size apartments are we talking about here? Uh, each floor has either four or five or six apartments on it. Um, each floor has like between three and a half and, and between three and five and a half bathrooms, I think. There's also a communal space downstairs. There's a jacuzzi. There's a hot tub. There's a washer dryer. How many bedrooms are these uh, apartments? Uh, well, each apartment is each floor. So the first floor has oh, four okay, apartments. Okay. The fifth floor has five. Uh, the uh, sorry, second floor has five apartments. The third floor has six apartments. So by apartment, you mean by bedroom. room? Basically, bedrooms, right? So okay. they all share. There's three bathrooms at least on each floor. Um, they share the common living room and a kitchen, and mm-hmm. um, they each have their own. Wi-Fi, they each have their own mailbox. But there might be like a couple in one of those rooms or... We... What, how, how's that Yeah, I, we, we structured it so that everybody was chipping in for communal expenses, mm-hmm. uh, like Wi-Fi and electricity and things like that, just like a flat fee. So if there were a couple to be living there, we would probably have to charge them extra. As of right now, I don't believe that anyone has a, a couple living there. There might be, um, but that's something which has generally worked out with the building owner so it's all been singles for okay, the most part or people who are in relationships but they live there while their partners are elsewhere which sure, hasn't sure. been a problem to the best of my knowledge okay i don't live there i was thinking about living there myself but i'm currently living in hell's kitchen in a place where i really like and uh random aside uh, I've lived here for 12 years, which for Manhattan in a rental is like an eon. Yeah. And my roommate, uh, sorry, my landlord has been very upset with me for having multiple roommates. Now, over 12 years, everyone stays for a year. You're going to have, you know, 25, 30 roommates. But they accused me of running a hotel and actually filed a lawsuit against me to try to get me evicted for having too many roommates. And I had to defend myself. So I'm actually countersuing my landlord. We're su- my landlord and I are suing each other for having too many people here. So... Uh, I may not wind up living in this place for that much longer, and if I do wind up needing a new, a new place, I'll see if there's anything available in the Poly House because mm. it's an amazing community, and I would love to to live in that group. Um, it's also super convenient to the city. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's, it's, it's a really nice right? space. Yeah, it's in Bushwick. Uh, Seems like the right place the for that type of a from the JMC. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, he uh, the owner bought it at a really good deal. He spent a lot of money on renovating it. It's really nice. It's like a luxurious kind of place what, and can, it's super comfortable can i can i ask uh what, sure. what the rent is like um the rents place? for the bedrooms are anywhere between the cheapest is 750 and the largest i believe is 1700 but it, not the largest it, it's a large but it has a huge private like terrace uh just a wooden deck right. uh which overlooks everything and it's, it's just a gorgeous space yeah i think i have a friend who wait <clears throat> Does does Tiger Lily live in that? No, right? Yes, because yeah. they call the building Hacienda. Yeah, well, she there's just, Hacienda, then there's Hacienda, Hacienda Villa. There's a bunch Hacienda, of Hacienda Villa. Yeah, right. she, it, I, we just nickname it the Villa. It doesn't right, really have villa. a name. Okay, it's just called that. Okay, yeah, she was telling me that she's in the Villa, but I didn't know if it was the same thing. Okay, mm-hmm. awesome, very cool. Yeah, um, yeah. What what uh, what do you like uh, the most about? I mean, what what excited you to make that type of a community? With that house. Well, I, there's always been a community, but there mm-hmm. just hasn't been a house that is out. I mean, there are several 
communities, uh, poly or poly-friendly communities that are sort of under wraps. And if you know somebody who knows somebody, you can get in. Mm-hmm. But this was the first time that anyone went public with it. And as somebody who really likes the idea of getting poly more mainstream, this was sort of a natural fit for me. I just cleared it with the building owner right. and started talking about it. And as soon as we... Is the building owner poly? Or? Yes. Okay. Uh, or at least the, you know he, he's in the scene. He's, right. he's, he's uh, poly friendly, if, if nothing else. But once I did one interview, it wound up on the Daily News and the New York Post and the you know every radio station. I was interviewed twice on the Huffington Post and Ten uh, Ten Wins, and just like everybody wanted to know about this fascinating thing. And to be honest, I mean it's an amazing community, it's an amazing place to live, but it shouldn't be that shocking. There's intentional communities all the time. There's you know fraternity houses and artist communes and places where people who you know have similar. Uh, focuses or, or similar criteria live together. It's just because it has sexiness or the concept of open relationships involved, uh, it just kind of sets off everyone's radar. Like, this is salacious. This is news. Mm. And it amazes me how many, again, how many muggles are just shocked and appalled by the concept. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I've had trouble definitely explaining it to some people from time to time, either um, dates or people I was trying to see or. Um, family members or friends, mm-hmm. and, you know. I, I mean, I'm a, I hang out with a lot of comics, so they're uh, the 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 natural inclination is the responses to try to make fun at something they don't understand. And hey, so look, fresh yeah. material, <laughs> kind of like that. Uh, the amount of times I had to go up and be like, "So I was at a sex party," and they're all like, "Wait, what?" And they're like, "Okay, we're yeah, they, they exist. They're out there, and if anyone wants to go, you can find one if you you know if you know where to look and who to talk to. But the same thing goes for the same thing. If you want to go to like an investment banker conference, yeah, you know, you could find it if you know the right people. Yeah, yeah. I just wish more people were comfortable with you know things like responsible non-monogamy. It's a really awesome thing to do. It's just still so taboo, and I don't quite understand that. Luckily, the younger generation, which has we're, we're, rightly we're catching been tagged. On. As or negatively described as being all into self gratification, not willing to put hard work in, they have the sense of entitlement. They, you know, do what they want to do without respect for tradition. Well, in that, that may be true to some extent, but it's also allowed them to embrace the concept of responsible non monogamy because, like we said earlier, it actually makes sense. Mm-hmm. Unlike a lot of traditional relationships or, or, or things that are expected of us, a lot of tradition. Period. Yeah, doesn't true. Seem- Gender roles and religion and all oh, yeah. just I'm, like, I'm right there yeah. with you. I, there's a lot of things that we do simply because our fa- our parents did them. I mean, for example, I'm Jewish. Why am I Jewish? Did I grow up and look at all the religions and say, okay, I think Judaism makes sense to me? No, I'm Jewish because my parents are Jewish. And I was raised Jewish and I was bar mitzvah and yeah. you know, I, I still I love the Jewish community. Yeah. But do I think that you know Moses stood on a rock and parted the Red Sea and the Israelites walked through while all the Egyptians drowned? I mean, I saw it in the movie, but do I really think that happened? No. Yeah. Do I think that you know people should be stoned to death for wearing makeup before they're married? No. I mean, that's in the Bible too. People people like to talk about the turn your other cheek and do good deeds, but you don't need religion for that. Mm-hmm. You can just you know if you actually read the Old Testament in particular, God's badass. Like he will like Old kill Testament children for tor- all sorts just of such shit. Torture porn. If yeah, if you're into <laughs> that sort of thing, there's a lot of things you know. Read like all the weird stuff in Leviticus or something. I, it's just it's you know the story of Job is pretty fucked up too. They're like, hey, let's just torture this dude <laughs> and like kill off his his flocks and we'll kill his family and we'll kill his wife and we'll see if he still believes in me. 
I mean, like, I can understand why. I've got nothing, but I believe. I'll be like, okay. <sighs> All right. And then, so then, of course, God makes up for it by giving him a better family and a better wife and better flocks or whatever. It's, it's just, they're clearly parables. Yeah. And it makes more sense to me that man created God than the other way around. Oh, yeah. It, I, I know that, and you know that, but there's still, I mean, this huge religious industry that the church is still like the wealthiest landowner in the world. I mean, there's still so many people that use God or the concept of God to control people or as a crutch or to, you know, to manipulate or to, it, it's, religion, you know, is credited with, with saving many people, but it's also, also destroyed just as many. If not more. Yeah. Um, how the hell did we start talking about I, that? I don't know how. This, this I blame you. This isn't you made it weird. At the end, we don't talk about God, so this is strange. Um, <clears throat> well, you know, so in terms of bringing polyamory into the mainstream, I think a lot of people will hear things about ethical sluttiness and non-monogamy and all the in sex parties or whatever, any any of that type of stuff, and kind of get their. They picture some of the people out there at the climate march, you know, a little bit more hippy dippy folk. Um, not that they're not fine people. I'm, I'm pretty sure Candy Lion's out there right now. So, uh-huh. uh, but, but, you know, you just look past you on the street, very at normal looking dude, right? Like, just looks like an average dude. Also, um, not this. This is the best segue I could have into saying you played professional baseball. Can we just? I, I had to get it out there. Sorry, it was in my mind. It's okay. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I played uh, parts of six seasons. I was with the Cleveland Indians system for two years. Uh, went to spring training with the Newark Bears a couple times. Uh, and I pitched for the Israel Baseball League in 2007 and 2008. Oh. So I still play, you know, like just summer league with the local. It's just fun to blow away kids half my age. It's just fun. Um, <laughs> which, oddly, is the last thing that went through the mind of uh, some of the Columbine people. God, did I just go there? Oh, wow. Kent, Kent State wow. University. Wow. Sorry. I, just, think I pulled that good. one out of thin air, too. Never thought that one would come out. No, That's of crazy. course not. No, awesome. I, I, the ways my mind works are mysterious, <laughs> even to me. Um, but yeah, it's just fun to play baseball and just, you know, shut down little brats. Yeah. Uh, they're like 18, 19. I'm 41. I, nobody knows that. But I mean, nobody can guess it because I don't look or act yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's just, I, it's fun to play baseball, but it's, you know, I feel the cold hand of death creeping up on my spine and and uh shoulder and elbow are still attached so as long as they are i'm going to keep playing uh, there's actually a national championship that i usually pitch in in florida coming up in november you were a pitcher which, yeah i was a pitcher at, at, uh, i topped out at uh, 96 miles an hour and okay. i had a really good split i mean if i'd stayed healthy uh and had any modicum of control whatsoever i had a very strong I had a very strong repertoire. I had a chance of going places, but okay. um, yeah, I blew my arm out. Is, you I said the 90s? Yeah, my, <coughs> I was pretty consistently like 92, 93 miles an hour. I threw one pitch. Oh, no, I, I meant in the, like, the 1990s. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, 94. I was uh, signed by the Indians in 94 and went to spring training in 95. I was actually with Jared Wright and Bartolo Colon okay. uh, at the time. You know, like some big names. Eddie Murray was there. Uh, Dave Winfield, Earl Hershiser, Chuck Nagy, Carlos Baerga, right. Manny Ramirez. So I'm just saying... You're telling me that if I go Google you, I can find stats. You can. I actually hold two professional records, which stand to this day. Which is what, like most times hitting a player? Something like that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's actually funny. You really want to know? It's, yes, um, I do. Yeah. Okay. It's the... I, I, have not, I don't know that many former professional athletes. So this okay. is like a... I don't know if this is going to stay in. And as soon as I say that, the running theme is that if I say that I'm going to cut it, I never do. But I don't care. yeah, it's, it's, um, yeah. So this is the deal. I have, um, 
one I have one of the records sounds really impressive. I have the highest ratio of strikeouts per nine innings okay. over an entire season. So the 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 ratio is twenty seven uh, over nine innings. So basically, every out I recorded one year was by strikeout. Okay, which to the best of my knowledge has never been duplicated by anyone. Okay, um, at any level of, of professional baseball. Uh, however, that happened when I had a torn labrum. I faced, I believe, nine or ten batters, ten batters, and I only retired one, and that was by strikeout. I was still throwing ninety, but I, I had no control. I could, I didn't know where the ball was going when I let go of it. I'd walk the bases, walk the bases, didn't give up any hits, uh, or did I? Maybe I did. Yeah, I gave up. I gave up a couple of hits, um, but I, just, I had nothing. I, I was, it was coming out of my hand hard. But it just I just walked around the bases. I couldn't. I had no control. There's just one guy on a three-two count. He just swung at a fastball by his eyes. I don't know why he did. But so I also have the highest non-zero ERA in history, which mm. is I'm, what what I what believe. Is that? I haven't thought about it in a while, but I think it's. Um, Can we start with what an ERA period is? Yeah, ERA is earned runs per nine innings. Basically, a, a good pitcher will keep his ERA below four. So that means every nine inning game you pitch, you'll yeah. give up on average three to three and a half earned runs like okay. the best leader of the league uh some years is going to be like two point something or maybe 3.1 or something like that that's like the best uh my era i believe is 127.00 something like that basically it means if you had prorated that over full nine innings i would lose the game 127 to blank <laughs> yeah it's really really like embarrassing and thanks so much for Bringing it up next Sorry. time. Why don't you give me a nice paper cut and pour lemon juice in it? <laughs> We're closed. <laughs> Sorry, I had to ask. I was no, like, I don't mind. Yeah, because uh, I remember Sarah when we were she's dragging me up the stairs to meet you, uh, and and all these other people at Poly Cocktails, and she very nonchalantly just dropped it in there like right before we walked up to you. It was like, yeah, and he played professional baseball for a while. Hey, Leon, and I was like, wait, what, what went on? I, I assumed I'd misheard. No, no. no but guys, see, true, uh, true story. I don't know why I'm looking at your big TV, <laughs> but uh, very normal professional, uh, ex-professional baseball player, right here, yep. polyamorous. It's not that weird. No, it's really not that weird. I just, I just do lots of fun stuff, and uh, I do the things that make sense to me. Yeah. And uh, at the time, baseball made a lot of sense, and right now, polyamory makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So it's just, uh, I just wish people had more interest or ability to have this as just a normal conversation. I think everybody should be able to talk about the things that they want and yeah. figure out ways to get them because you don't have to give up the things you want in order to be in a happy relationship. The happiest, healthiest relationships is where everyone gets exactly what they want. Mm. So uh, I actually co-author an advice column uh, oh. for Open Love NY. Okay. Uh, it's, uh, it's called Polly Wanna Answer. It's uh, openloveny.blogspot.com. You can also find it through the Open Love NY Facebook page or openloveny.com. I'll put, um, I'll put links of all these in the uh, show notes so you guys can uh, find them in there. Yeah. yeah, but we you know, every month we start. You know, we we take a, a question from the peanut gallery about poly, and uh, it's actually really helpful. I think uh, as a resource for people who are poly, but I think that people who are not poly, people who are just in regular relationships, could really benefit from the things we talk about because ninety percent of it is super applicable to everybody in a relationship. Mm. It just Trust most of it has to do with communi- honest communication. communication. Yeah, the steps are always figuring out what you want. Figuring out ways to communicate that to a partner or a potential partner or partners, uh, listen to what they have to say in in a way that like where you're on the same wavelength because it doesn't matter if you spend an hour explaining something if they're not getting it you have to speak to them on the same like using the same communication language whatever they need to hear you need to say it in that language 
uh, and then figuring out where the overlap is. And if a relationship that you're in uh, is in fact compatible, you have the same values, the same long-term goals, then absolutely go for it and figure out ways to make it work. But you also have to recognize that just because you think this person's hot or they're good in bed or even that you love each other doesn't mean you should be in a relationship with that person. And that's the reason why there's such a breakup rate and such a divorce rate in this company in this country because people just don't understand that just because you love someone you know they think love conquers all or they think that oh well we'll make it work because you love each other it, it doesn't work like that if you don't want the same things you shouldn't be in a relationship with that person maybe you did once uh, and you grew apart which happens it's sad but it's mm-hmm. true some people grow at different rates some people have different experiences and send their needs in different directions but Sometimes, and very, very often, people are just never compatible to begin with. So either they just have to deal with that the rest of their lives and just live their own lives tied to this person that really doesn't work for them, or they do the right thing and and have a real conversation and figure out if they can both get what they want out of any given relationship. Mm. And uh, I think one of the things we try to do in the column is just try to make people recognize, sure, well, you can have this conversation and talk about this, but what do you really want? Because... It seems like an obvious question. What do you want? You get asked that every day in your life when you go to a store and people are like asking you on a first date. So what do you want? But what do you really want? You may not even know. Mm. So it's just, it's just, it's just be introspective, figure out what you want, share it with the people in your life and figure out and make sure that you're on the right page and go in the right direction. Yeah. I think, I think we'll close out with this last question here. Um, do you believe in a, a lifelong love? Like, I believe in many. I think mm-hmm. you can have, I mean, I love a lot of people and I will probably go to my grave loving a lot of people, including a lot of people, a lot of my exes, a lot of people that things didn't work out. Like uh, my most recent ex, uh, she and I broke up 26 times. Quite famously, we were even featured on a documentary on HBO as this couple that keeps breaking up. What the hell is wrong with them? Um, she and I are absolutely not right for each other, but I love her and I want her to be happy. And I will always love her. And I know she will always love me. Just, you know, once you've shared certain things and you have given a part of your heart to somebody, obviously you can give parts of your heart to a lot of different people, but I absolutely believe that you can have long-term loving relationships for the rest of your life with people that you connect with. The beauty of being in relationship with people is just developing these connections. And there's absolutely no reason why they ever have to end or, or wither if you're both, you know, if you're both compatible with each other and you both care for each other, absolutely, you could and should be finding people to stay connected with for your entire life. All right. All right. I think that's, uh, yeah, that's a nice little sentimental note to, uh, to sign off on. Uh, thank you, Leon, for, for your time and chatting with us uh, today. Thank you, Billy. It's been a pleasure to be here, of course. Here is my place, but that's cool because you're welcome to come anytime you want. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Um, so just uh, the, to relist the plugs before we go, uh, so Polly Cocktails, second Mondays of every month over at the Delancey here in New York City, uh, uh, which is down Delancey Street. It's right by the Williamsburg Bridge. Also, uh, fourth Tuesdays, uh, you've got the discussion group. Yep, uh, it's 411 West. It's just off the corner of 8th and 43rd. Uh, three eleven. That is West Forty Third Street. It's a. Uh, it's just look at it, look at the website, okay. which is, which is. Sorry, I thought you were going to read it. Uh, uh, well, it's open love and why is the group. So it's open okay. You can also look open love and why on Facebook. We also have a Gmail list if you'd rather do that. Um, a lot of really good stuff on there. There's also a lot of other groups in New York that are sex positive and whatever you're into. We'll try to find ways to 
you know, connect you with people and get you the answers you want. I yeah. uh, definitely encourage you to write it and submit questions, either anonymously or otherwise. You can use whatever kind of handle you want. Um, but uh, yeah, just submit something to our blog spot and we will, uh, maybe we'll answer it. I'd like to say we'll like give you a t-shirt or something, but we won't. We'll just answer your question. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, thank you, Leon, so much for talking to us. I hope you guys all learned a lot. Uh, we're going to sign off there. Say goodbye to the people, Leon. Peace. Oh wow! Now, guys, if you enjoyed, if you enjoyed listening to Leon, if you're interested in Open Love NY, if you're interested in just polyamory and want to ask questions, you know, definitely check out their website, OpenLoveNY.com. You can also go ask them a question at PolyWannaAnswer.tumblr.com. They host uh, again, as as we said before, they host a monthly poly meetup group over at the Delancey in New York City. It's down like in the Lower East Side. It's called Polycock. There's Tales. It's on the second Monday of every month. And on the fourth Tuesday every month, they have a, a discussion group. And you can find all this information on their website, openloveny.com. As usual here on the Man Whore Podcast, I hope you are uh, subscribed to the show on Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes. Hope you share the show with your friends. But if you have a chance, you know, leave us a rating. Leave us. It's me, guys. Just me. No one else here. <laughs> Just me and the, the Philly San Francisco game on silent. Vernon Davis really needs to eat shit right now. <laughs> if please, if you have some time, just take a moment, leave me a review or rating on the on the app that you prefer to use. It helps other people find the show because it rises us up the ranks of sex podcasts. Always, always cool times. Um, if you want to stay up to date with Manhor Podcast News or Billy Persida Comedy News, you know, you can subscribe to the newsletter over at www.manhorpod.com. Please email your comments or questions or queries. You can reach me over at manhorpod at gmail.com. I'm, I'm always fairly available. It will be me answering. I don't have an assistant doing it. And if you want to say something a little bit more publicly, again, I'm on Twitter at TheBillyPresida. Say hello. Use the hashtag ManHorrorPodcast. Let me know what you think about the show. I always love hearing from y'all. You have very nice, sweet things that you say on Twitter. It's always uh, lovely to hear from you. But I'll be here every Wednesday putting out sometimes awkward conversations with women I haven't talked to in years. Uh, next week's is a, is a pretty fun gal, Christina. So until then, guys, stay slutty. <laughs>